Hey y'all, welcome to Black and Binging, where we talk all things Black and woman-led in TV and film. We're your girls, Ronnie and Joy, and on today's episode, we're back to binging and we're talking about the game season one and the new game, not the old game, the new reboot game where Tasha Mack takes lead and we have some of our favorite characters from the original game. Um, And we're going to binge and talk about that. But of course, we can't start without some... Popcorn. popcorn. What kind of popcorn are you eating today, Ronnie? I'm still rocking my pop secrets from back Black History Month. I think I knew we were filming so much, so I brought like the biggest pack. So I'm almost done. Give me recommendations. Drop them in the comments of what I should try next. No, I feel that because I've literally been eating my favorite popcorn, Angie's, for like a month, and it's time to get some new popcorn. Um, I think what I'll do for next episode is pop some from scratch. That's what I'll bring that back. We love that. We love that. Another thing that we love on the topic of bringing back is the game. Were you a fan of the original show? I loved it. That was like one of the first things I think I binged like as a kid on like CW was the network, right? Mm -hmm. I used to love, love, love that storyline. So big fan. Yeah. It was so good. I think I even watched, I did watch the reboot of like the first reboot of the game. I watched the original. I was obsessed with like the whole Melanie and Derwin storyline. Actually, once I don't know if this makes me not a fan, not a huge fan as I thought, um, but I didn't know until like social media popped off and was like, did you know these shows were connected? that like the game was correlated to uh girlfriends because melanie yes. is um, yes. mm-hmm. so <laughs> melanie is who derwin's cousin or something no no Mel- melanie is uh joan's niece yes but it, and they're both by mara brock ali yes that's why yeah i feel like when i re-watched girlfriends this this time I saw that connection. I was like, oh shit, that's lit. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, full circle moment. Love that. Um, But she actually has a role in this uh, new reboot. I think this might be their second reboot because I remember BET had a reboot of them. But coming back, and I love like how you mentioned that there's some old faces old familiar faces that we love we have Tasha Matt we got Malik Wright as you know Mm -hmm. um they are still like a dynamic duo but I think now even more powerful you see like in the beginning Tasha she has her own jet her agency is still going strong even better Malik's one of her clients stills and actually is trying to become owner of this new franchise um NFL team that they moved to Las Vegas, making a name there. Um, we see some old faces that look a bit different because they're all grown up. What do you mean and by we that? Miss Brittany Pitt. Oh, okay. I thought you were. I thought you were throwing shade to someone else there. So oh, well, to <laughs> one of our characters. But yes, Miss Pitts, Brittany Pitts is all grown up. Yes, she is. Um, and we see that she's. A hustler, she's a boss babe. She's definitely thinking like how to make her mark in Sin City. Um, But there's also, and we'll get into that further down. I think we definitely see that 
sometimes like family issues or traits that you have do carry on from generation to generation because even though she has all these great ideas I think how she executes them we see she got a little bit of her daddy in her a little bit of the money problems Mm -hmm. okay Uh, yeah I don't know (laughs) I just I just put two and two together because Jason Pitts was kind of cheap sis over here not cheap expensive total opposites yeah yeah maybe she's like giving herself what she was deprived for all those years right right. something has to be um we see tasha's daughters all grown up a little tennis player yes and joy thought i was coming for why she asked like who you guys talk who are you talking about for you guys that may not know derwin makes an appearance (laughs) and joy what you had to say about his appearance it wasn't me. Don't put this on me. Ronnie was like, it, did you see Derwin? He did not go up well. He did not age well. Um, and to be fair, he does look like he's a little husky. He just don't look like the Derwin Davis that we all used to drool over. But it was still like dope to like I got chills when he came back. I got chills. We got uh Jason Pitts, he makes an appearance in it as well. I I love the nostalgia of it. Like it's a reboot, but I think that they did a pretty good job while not like making it the same story, but like bringing everyone back. I was like, this is dope. It's really yeah. dope. Yeah. He was definitely not given his like Derwin Ding Dong Davis type bod. It was definitely dad bod. That's all. Yeah, I got but then what did they say? He has like three kids and a and a bum knee. That was the whole thing, right? Like his career over. He probably not. He not on the field no more. He a little husky. But you know, him and Mel made it, and they got some babies together. So we love to see it. We love that. Um, and I think my favorite character, and I I kind of miss that character's presence is Tasha like the Tasha Mac like she is so I think she just upped it up a level in terms of like she always had that drive she always was a successful businesswoman but now you see her taking it to the next level like sis lived on her private jet this season and I'm here for it because if I paid that much money for a private jet shit Love to see it. Tasha Mack, we see her this season really reaping the benefits of the fruits of her labor and her hard work and um, being one of the only like really Black women sports agents. And I think when I saw that, I went and did some research. I'm like, I wonder how many Black women sports agents are in that field and that high up like a Tasha Mack. Like I was wondering if they were like basing this off of someone. And I did find two. So there's one named Nicole Lynn. Um, and she was the third woman agent to res- like represent a number one draft pick um, in the NFL draft pack. And like, she was the first black woman to do that in- at all. So it's only been three women agents and one of them being the black woman. And this was right in 2019. The other one I saw was Rashida Gale. And she's the first and only black woman to represent athletes from the NFL and the major league soccer league. So- oh, wow. That was pretty cool too. But those were the only really like black women names that stood out off rip, which was crazy. And I was like, I love that they're bringing this Tasha Mack story to life because I think just like how we say about Olivia Pope, seeing that on TV, seeing this black woman in sports, doing the damn thing, it it inspires women to be like, well, I want to do that. And I want to make that difference in that that field. So it's really cool. No, absolutely. And I wonder, like, you mentioned, like, Nicole and Rashida, do they watch the show? And, like, 
like resonate with the character even more like damn I have to go through that or I'm still going through that or something like that and I think with Tasha's character you see that yes she's also this mogul but she um is a mom at the end of the day and represents her children um well not her youngest yet but you could tell she's still like giving her that mindset to be a pro athlete also do see like yes she's doing all these great things but it is a bit of a challenge for her and is it a challenge just for tasha mack or i personally think it's a lot of women's realities do you think that well granted she's self-employed so she has to create this agency for herself but for people that work for these like um fortune 500 companies are we allowing women to climb these corporate ladders or professional ladders and still giving the, them the room to cater to the household and do certain things to still provide um, and uplift their family? I mean, I think we're, we may be on the path to one day. I don't know how many strides we've made in that now, but um, as more men become aware of equity, women equity, and like that women are boss women and mothers and have to balance both. I think definitely we might see that in the future that there's some grace that, hey, you're working, but I'm not gonna penalize you for being a mother. I'm not gonna say, hey, you have to come back to work after two months. I mean, again, we worked the whole pandemic from home, which I'm sure a lot of mothers probably loved, um, just being closer to family, being closer to home. But I think in the future that um, they will start to, uh, respect that and give women the time they need like you can be an amazing worker on a four-day work week I just believe that I think that's coming but I just think they have to recognize women do both we do it all and that's that what do you think yeah um I don't know if they'll make room for it I feel like people have been advocating it for so long um but I definitely don't say like it's set in stone no it definitely won't happen because who would have ever thought a lot of companies would say you could work from home remotely. Right. I'm at a company where they allow us to have one self-care day a month. People before would have like probably raised their eyebrows. Like what the hell is a self-care day? Nice. So I say never say never, but I'm definitely here for it. Yeah. Um, and as we see, like not only relationships with your children, but Tasha also had some, struggles with keeping the spark alive the romance alive and her relationship with Pookie Pookie is back yes he's back um and ultimately like it got super rocky to a point where they were both like threatening each other and throwing divorce lawyers and divorce papers yeah um but we got to see their romance rekindle and um shockingly enough we love a supportive black man. We love someone that's not intimidated. It's not all about men making more money or women making more money. It's about compatibility. Um, and Pookie really proved that with one of Tasha's clients that she eventually signed, Keith Kincaid. But she had trouble signing that white boy. She sure did. White boy was tripping. I don't know. I don't know. So she basically flew out to the boonies of some country redneck place to impress this Keith Kincaid or whatever and had on she was out in the mud milking cows she was just doing the most to impress him and he basically was like 
I don't think you're going to put me in the billionaire's boys club by 30. And I don't believe, like, basically, I don't believe in you as an agent because you're a woman. You're not running with the big boys, basically. So she stormed out of there. She let it go. She was like, whatever, I'm not signing him. And then we see later that her and Pookie run into them again and have their amazing dynamic duo come together. And she ends up signing the white boy. Um, But he was still problematic because we find tweets um that he had tweeted I guess when he was younger they were rap, underground rap lyrics and he used the word nigga this white boy and let, let's also say this white boy is like my wife's black she, she I mean his fiance is black okay don't care doesn't mean you can use nigga what are you talking about but there's this whole book in Tasha's career because it was going to be the first time that she's ever signed a white client so it was really a big move in her career but it was quickly shot down with that, Ronnie, have you ever put anything crazy on social media that might come and haunt you later if you try to run for president of the United States? Joy thinks so highly of me, guys. <laughs> um, I would say, okay, so I wasn't big on Twitter, thank God. Um, so no tweets. I know that for a hundred percent fact. Surprisingly, this is so bad, but I'm gonna say this as like a teaching moment because maybe someone younger is listening and can help. I got suspended one time in like the seventh and eighth grade for cyberbullying. So <laughs> Ronnie. Yes, very naive, very like elementary school. We've grown. Um, but I would say like in those moments, like okay, that one instance cyberbullying or like having some arguing with some girl over Instagram about like something like throwing subs at each other but nothing like attacking any like minority group or anything like that no um and if some I don't even know what was in the emails that I got suspended for cyberbullying for but if somebody tried to come for me when I run for president in 2028 or whatever year I'd be like, look, I paid my debt. I got suspended for it. I learned my lesson. Go back to this Black and Benjamin episode and you're going to see. Period. It, it ain't coming up to haunt you and you in PR. So we're not going to let that shit come out. We're going to spin that story backward, forward, whatever. If we got to have a guest appearance with your, your, high, uh, your elementary. Right, but look, I have a white boyfriend. <laughs> look, we're friends now. It's fine. Everything's fine. But. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really crazy that, like, we're the generation that, like, started this whole social media thing, and, like, it could really come back later and haunt all of us. I mean, I was no walk in the park. I'm not going to say I was, I, I don't know what I put. I'm sure I put crazy stuff. I see my Facebook memories, and I'm like, yo, I got pictures with old boyfriends on my Facebook, kissing, like, all types of shit. Like, and I was definitely, I was a, I was a kid. So I'm sure there's something there somewhere, but it's all right. Yeah. We were kids. Like we didn't know any better, but yeah. maybe my parents had foresight because I remember I got in trouble when my dad found out I had a Facebook and I had to delete it. I was so mad at him. Um, but I think Instagram, my parents weren't as hip to as they were to like MySpace and Facebook. So those I had to try to sneak in you. So I wasn't really on those Instagram. It was like on my phone, like technology's a bit more developed. So they didn't control me with that as much. And maybe that was, maybe that saved me. Otherwise I would have probably some. 
Mm-hmm. Shit, I don't want out there lurking when I'm yeah, trying to be. Yeah. Watch your max. <laughs> but Instagram, I think the good thing about Instagram was it was pictures when it first started. We didn't even have a space to write anything. It was like barely captions. Like I think the, the problem starters was Twitter. It was mm-hmm. MySpace and it was damn sure Facebook. Facebook, that, that was that was the gold mine. That is the gold mine for all yeah. of the bullshits. That is definitely the gold mine of is someone who had foresight to that being a gold mine and was like, let me figure out if he got any dirt. Surprisingly, it's from Malik Wright. Yes, y'all. Tasha's son, Malik, was fed up with his mama signing Keith Kincaid, that white hillbilly, as he would probably <laughs> reference him as. Um, and that was because he felt like his mom, even though, yes, she's my agent and she's probably thinking from a business standpoint. Sometimes I want you to also be my mom and think about like what my heart's desires are. And he really wanted ownership, um, but it didn't happen for him in that time. And so when he felt like his mom was focusing so much on signing Keith, he dug up that tweet to kind of like stir the pot pot, and cause like a little like PR scandal crisis amongst the two. Um, but later on, we see why it was so important for Malik to get ownership that year. And as you guys have seen in the season, like it's probably promising for him to get it during the following football season. But Malik has a, a high school friend named Caleb, who we see in the episode. And Caleb is like riding with him. When he got arrested, he dipped off. Well, all, almost got arrested. He dipped off. He's like chilling with him in the pool and all his parties. He's getting advice from him. They're chilling together. All this kind of stuff. Come to find out, Caleb ain't real. Mm-mm. I was like, Caleb is not real. He passed away um, their senior year of high school. Um, I guess Malik threw a pass to him. And he got a really bad hit that paralyzed him. And then he died a year later. So that that whole storyline gave me chills. Like when I realized that he wasn't real and that that was, I I literally had chills all over my body. Because I love when stories do that, where it's like, this person is there and then they're not really like, this is not a real person. Like, oh my God, that gave me so much chills. And they did try to like allude it to the CTE thing. And like, maybe that he was having, you know, mental health issues that way because of all the football. But what it concluded was, it was just black mental health that he was, not knowing how to grieve this process. And of course, with all the stress of being an owner and having this monumental moment in football, because again, what black ownership in the NFL is less than 5%, I want to say. So it's like this big moment was stressing him out so much that he started to envision his best friend. And I just thought that was a really powerful stance on black men and mental health and just everything. They did an amazing yeah. job with that. Yeah, no. Definitely amazing job, especially for someone like Malik, who throughout various reboots of the game, like, yes, we know he had his issues, but comes across like to the out, outward public as so confident mm-hmm. um, and to see him be vulnerable towards the end of the season and go on live and say, look, y'all, I had this dream one day with my high school friend to become owners of a league. 
now that I'm getting closer and closer, I never really dealt with his death properly. And his spirit is not haunting me, but it's reminding me that I have baggage that I need to work through. And I'm just on this space to tell you this in case anyone out there is going through the same thing and know I'm getting help. It's okay for you to get help. Exactly. I loved it. I loved it. And while Malik is imagining um, Caleb being there, we also allude to that with um, Tasha's daughter story, Kai, who also has a, a, a imaginary best friend, but they alluded hers to more being lonely. And I guess this all comes back to Tasha just being this boss businesswoman who's not really home a lot. And she's just, you know, on the ground doing what she has to do. But we also see Kai has an imaginary friend um, and her and Malik and, Kai's imaginary friend Penelope and Caleb, they play tennis together. Like it was such a cute moment, like a sibling moment. Um, but Kai's story was really cool. They had this um, amazing segment in Kai's story about black hair. And you know, <laughs> we've been through some shit with black hair and corporate America, white America, what the white man and white woman view our hair as. So the fact that they wrote this into the story was amazing. So Kai goes to this uh, sports academy and she, that her mother donated $1.9 million to, uh, to get her into or whatever. And um, there's a day that she has her tournament match and Tasha's not there. And they say, your beads and your braids are deemed unacceptable and she can't play. So it's either you cut the beads out or she forfeits the game. They tried to call Tasha, of course, her being the businesswoman she is. She's on her jet. She didn't answer. And this white woman takes it into her own hands to cut Kai's beads out of her hair. Ronnie. If that was your daughter, what it, what's your first move? What are you doing? What are you doing? So I would say Tasha, even though some might not agree, I think she went high in that moment when that woman went low. Mm -hmm. um, because <laughs> I probably would have killed the woman. If I, like, and I know they had this whole scene. They had that whole scene where later on, like, they both got their hair done. They wore their natural hair. She then brought her baby Kai onto a photo shoot set that they had. So ended up turning into a beautiful moment where they both were wearing their natural hair on the cover of a magazine. But someone had made, I think Tasha was trying to make her feel better and say, like, you are not your hair. And... I will say I, in the past, and I think I've mentioned this on a previous episode, like I've had a problem or always have like one in my, like love that my hair was like thick and long. I did have this one point in my time when I wanted my hair straight, I would like beg my mom for a relaxer because I just wanted to be like Eurocentric beauty. Um, but now like doing a whole transformation and being natural I like love my hair even more that yes, I am my hair because it makes a statement. And that little girl, Kai, she wanted to make a statement. She wanted to look like Serena Williams in her tennis matches. So it was like, okay, fast forward because the show has clearly, is clearly being like uh, 
shown to us as if it's present day because they're talking about COVID, they're talking about the vaccines, they're talking about this, and we still having these issues, right, girl? And then, and what pissed me off even more, it's one thing to be able to know how to take the damn the beads out because you could have taken the beads out without cutting her hair, but the, you, that would have been her hair. Oh my god, all and even like that. You had the nerve to save them. Here, here you go. Like, like you could pull them back. <laughs> that would have pissed me. At least you could have got like a black coworker to come help get the like. You just snipped her hair. Oh no, I I would it would have been a whole mess. But like you said, Tasha goes high. Um, and to make a long story short, she ends up buying the entire school so uh buying the entire school she kicks out the white woman who cut her little girl's hair and she makes a boss move and um she was already an investor but she gets to buy the school she's working with the coo of the school who is also a black woman um they kind of team up have this cute little power team and they do has to be done but they were not like they didn't react like how probably I or you would have reacted. They definitely took a high road and they took the boss power move road. Um, and I thought like that really showed like money is power, baby. Money mm-hmm. is power. So mm-hmm. that was a really uh, rewarding moment. Yeah. See, I don't got the Tasha Mac money right now. So I would have just had to go. <laughs> right. Well, I would just have to go off. Right. I don't got the money. So we're going to love yeah. Uh, one thing that Tasha, though, I'm like, maybe I need to start saying what Tasha Matt got, because then I'll need to get that. I thought it was so funny how, like, throughout the show, she always compared herself to Oprah. Oh and I didn't know if that was, like, healthy competition, if that was kind of also, like, an underlying story of, like, us Black women, why are we always in, like, competition with each other? What was your take on that? Well, so I instantly, when I saw that, I thought of our last episode and talking about how we have to have like black people standards and reach that. And I thought that's kind of what she was doing. So I took it more of like a Oprah's the standard. We all want to be Oprah. You get a car, you get a car. We all want to be Oprah. But um, I thought she was more so aspiring to be like Oprah, but like, but okay, watch out Oprah. It's my turn now. Like, which is- I thought, I guess it's more of a healthy competition than it was. Like she didn't sit there and bash Oprah or anything like that. So I thought it was healthy and I love that. It was so funny. Okay. I beat out Oprah on the cover. (laughs) Got you. Okay. Dag, maybe they were listening. Maybe we, shoot. We need to start doing that more often. Projecting. I love it. Projecting. our own standards. All of that. I love that. It was super cool. So another woman who is all about using other Black women to set standards for herself and make her mark is Miss Brittany Pitts, Brit Brat, as we knew her from when she was younger. Um, And although in the beginning we see that she has some money, um, financial troubles, just like how her father has in past episodes of the previous The Game, um, she goes to Vegas with a fresh start, uh, rooms with her girlfriend, Raquel, And you see she has a stint working as Tasha's assistant, but she is not letting an assistant title stop her bag. She is making the connections with all of Tasha's clients, partners. Um, It even comes up with this dope idea to have a club um, for VIP members who go to 
the games in Vegas, um, and she calls it the end zone club. Um, and another thing that she's doing is like, even though it is a romantic, like love connection between her and the rookie Jameson Fields, who we'll dive into in a bit. Um, she also is kind of like Atasha Mack and Malik is like a Brittany and Jameson. Like she's was kind of like his agent. He has a pass and she helped him be, be on the training team. Yep. Okay, Miss Pitts. Right, Miss Pitts is doing it and she is doing it well because Jameson Fields is fine, y'all. I, I don't know if y'all seen him yet, but if you haven't seen him, if you need a reason to watch the show, that is a reason because he is gorgeous, okay? Um, but yes, Miss Pitts, Miss Brittany Pitts uh, has a little bit of a connection with Mr. Jameson Fields and like, she was actually very bold and upfront with him. Like, I liked that writing that normally we see like the man pursuing, but she was very flirty upfront. Like, I like your smile. She had like the punchlines. So that was a little bit interesting on how she flirted. Are you typically a flirt that's bold? Or do you like the man to kind of make those moves and you kind of reciprocate that energy? <laughs> I feel like you're going to make fun of me. I probably will, but go for it. So what I do is I would consider myself bold, but this is not bold at all. What I do is I give a look. And after that look, if you don't do nothing, then that's on you, bro. <laughs> so you're like the memes of women flirt like, <laughs> we just be staring at niggas, staring them down and thinking that. But it's the way you do it. Like, and I don't even know I'm doing it, but let me see if I can do it for those watching on YouTube. Let me see. Like, and then I'll smile. I'll look away. I feel like I'm watching a movie, Rodney. Exactly. And then has this worked? Do, do the guys mm -hmm. come up after that? Okay. Sometimes. And if they don't, then I feel like, okay, you're not interested. Or did they not? You know, niggas be dumb. <laughs> they probably like, what is she fucking staring at? Like, what? what is she smiling at? She's smiling at me. Or the person behind me. No, you. Right. Are you direct like Brittany? <sighs> I feel like you are. Or like a, hel a healthy medium. I feel like I'm a healthy medium. Like every now and then I'll have a like, it depends. You know how you get liquid courage, you know? Oh yeah. Um, sometimes I'll be like really upfront, like, and I think when I was younger, I used to be more fun and bold and be like, yo, I just think I was like, I saw you from where were they? I will like hit you with a pickup line, like I'm a nigga. Um, but like in the past, like being like that has gotten me certain connections or relationships. Actually, one of my <laughs> I don't know if I should say this on the pod, but <laughs> one of I guess one of my most prominent relationships, it actually came off of like me shooting my shot off of like a Snapchat post that I was literally like, yo, who is that? Shot my shot and like, just was bold. Like he is fine as hell and I want him and literally made the connection and the rest yeah. was history. I literally. But I'll no, tell you off, off camera. Wow. No, I need to do that then because clearly you and Brittany got something going on because Jameson is all into Brittany. He like even runs into Jason at one point and Jason asks like, 
will you stop talking to my daughter? And he's like, absolutely not. But I can promise you that I'll try my best not to like do anything to disrespect her. Which I was like, yes, Jameson, you too fine. But we can't go on Jameson's story without telling the actual story. We just, you know, we just fluffed it up because we just love this character. But Jameson has a past. He has just gotten out of jail um, after I want to say three years for, I guess it's a statutory rape charge that he was dating or with a girl. He was, they went to prom together. He had just turned 19 and she was only 16 and they had their first time together and woke up in the bed together, but with cops surrounding the premises because her father, white father did not want her, their little sweet white girl to be dating this black guy. So he is on this journey trying to get into the league. He was one of the top athletes in the league or in um, high school, I guess, before all of this happened. And then, you know, of course he fell off, but um, he's trying to get his way back. But of course he gets, there's all this buzz about he's a rapist and he's all of these things, you know, the media just eating him up. So we see a lot of that story. Um, and I actually love that they wrote that in because that's real. Like, First of all, in football, we see a lot of the football players, maybe with the white girls. I mean, maybe it's the white girls that watch football. I don't know what it is, but we see that. And it's so easy for one little thing. And it's not even like there was a rape charge, anything like that, but just the age difference to mess up this guy's life forever, just off of what a white woman says. So I love that they wrote this into the story. But the question for you, Ronnie, is based on all that, would you have given Jameson the second chance like at the game or would you have let his past kind of define who he is? It depends on what like character or role I was. Um, as someone like a Brittany or a Tasha, um, them being Black characters, them understanding the Black experience, um, I definitely see why they had more empathy to Jameson's character from Jump. Um, from like a player standpoint, uh, maybe I could see why some of the guys were giving them a hard time because it's like maybe we could like convince him to quit so we don't have to be like, the, we don't have to be an unfavorable team as the season progresses. And then from the owner's standpoint, I mean, it's maybe bad for me to say I could see why he was hesitant like that's a lot to bring on and then on top of that you're a white male so you can't relate at all or fathom you probably low-key would have done the same thing with your kids so it's like do I really want to give him a chance he's going to be bad but I'm very happy though that Colonel did um take a chance on Jameson because he is a great player um, and we see that he's so, um, his character is like an onion. Like we're slowly starting to see the different layers of who he is at his core. Not only does he have what you're talking about with uh, the allegations against him and having to go to jail and all that kind of stuff, but he opens up to Brittany about his mom passing, which later on we see is like, um, his mom's not actually um deceased but she just has a drug problem so it's essentially like she's dead to him because she's not present in his life and then on top of that 
he unfortunately gets into like a small accident, like roller skating when he took Brittany out on a double date. Um, and so now you see that he's uh, using drugs to kind of like cover the pain because he doesn't want to go to the athletics team's um, doctors and hope and in turn get him benched or like cut from the team when the season hasn't even really started yet. So uh, such a complex character. So fine. I'm still going to be hard on him, though, because I want him to like get right. I don't want to see another Jason like steroid storyline. Right. I mean, and Jamison, there's there's even so much more to him. Like, yes, we got to be hard on him with the drugs and all that. But like to start the story, he was living in his car like yes. he was literally living in his car. Malik took him under his wing and like was like, yo, you can just live with me, bro. Like, it's fine. He was using like the gym at like weird hours because he couldn't pay for a gym like he was real like he grinds so hard um for everything and he played a monumental part in even Malik's um mental health problems this, this season he was like a right-hand man you see that he also um he's actually also a stripper like he's making money as a stripper like he's like the handyman he's just however he can make money but I'm also grinding to get this football career love that but he was making money teaching old ladies how to um, basically pole dance. And that was something that he had picked up um, when he was in jail. And that was just something that they did as community service and they continued it after. So he does that like just on his free time, just because, and then he makes them spaghetti after. So I thought that was so sweet. I love Jameson's character, um, love his growth and just love that he made the team. And I just love that he looks the way he looks because he's beautiful eye candy and it makes me I'm like season two please so I can right. keep seeing I'm delay, I'm delay. <laughs> right like where is it I want to see his face more I want to see his body more all of that but um you think so because now I'm curious you brought up like him being instrumental in like Malik's journey to seeking mental help for his mental health issues which I totally agree do you think Jameson is a character that like gives advice but doesn't know how to take it like he helped Brittany get the end zone club he helped Malik out but you over here lying to people that's your mother's dad and granted I know you don't have to say have a tattooed on your forehead hey y'all my mom's a heroin addict but like maybe he also has his own skeletons that he should work through and he, 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 he does. And he, I mean, he's a lot. Because one of the biggest skeletons that he's going to have to work through is his love for this girl, this white girl that um, got him into all the trouble. So how, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear the next part, don't listen because it's going to spoil the end of the game. Okay. Tune out right here. Nice talking to y'all today. Bye. But how the season ends is the girl that got him into all the trouble shows up at their first game. Yeah, that, that I, my jaw dropped, jaw dropped with that one. I was like, what? How does that work? Where you been at? Why now? I got questions. Why now? We know why. She see dollar signs, baby. Mm -hmm true after she done almost ruined his life like you wasn't there before though right were you my pen pal were you writing me letters all right you were showing up at the jail was you my ride or die no 
You was about that life, white girl. No, now now you want to be back because if you were in Jameson's position, like still loving her, you think like would you give her a chance? No, there. So okay, <laughs> no, because. <laughs> There's a difference between being dumb and love. We all been there. Dumb and love. Take somebody back over and over again. The hurt, the pain. You put me in jail. You literally almost ruined my career. I'm not risking that shit again. Hell no. It's one thing to just be like, so in love with someone that you just, you want to see what's best. But like, you got to weigh them options. Like jail. If someone made me like lose a job over love or made me like, you you make me miss out on the bag over some dumb shit. Right. And clearly it's probably like, now we probably see why he hustles so hard to get to this place because for him, it's probably not even really about the bag. It's just about like the love for football and the passion he has for the sport. Because also having a mom who abuses drugs, like, and it's he, I think he alluded that it's been for like years. Who yeah. knows what, how much of an outlet football was for him. Exactly. And for you to take away that one thing for me. Could not give you a second chance on that one, baby girl. Girl. Bye. And you saw the way Brittany was looking at her. Yep, because they was the first ones to meet. She was like, mm. Walked away, she flipped her hair. She was like, oh, hell no. And I felt that, sis. I felt yes. But oh, now God. I'm thinking, too, this is, get to your point, good that Britney has that, like, outspoken energy, like, no, I like you. Because the face that she gave was like, right. yeah, we'll see if you come back here for next game. <laughs> right. We'll see if you'll even be a thought, okay? Love it. I love I it. Love but then it. again, if we're thinking about characters and if we're thinking about Black men and white women, he might fold. I think he definitely will. It'll be a part of the storyline just to make good TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see it. I don't see it lasting. It better not. If they are like, I hate to say it, like the next like Derwin and Melanie of like this new reboot game. If he got a baby by that sis, like nope, how? Nope, 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 nope. Yo, I just said, you know, literally to this day, that's how I learned what a turkey baster was. Do you remember that? Yes, because that's where she kept the sperm, right? I remember it. I remember it. That's how I think I know I was too young for that show because I didn't understand it, even though. Oh, yeah. I'm like. They be trapping niggas out here, okay? Mm-hmm. But be- that's not what Janae's character did. Janae just got knocked up. She just got knocked. Well, who had the turkey baster? I don't know. Did she? I thought it was Janae. Ooh, I don't know. We got to revisit that, but. Y'all, let us know in the comments. Yeah, let us know. Tell me what I happened. thought it was organic because they had a relation. I I hope she wasn't like that. I thought that was one of the. Was, was Melanie saying that she was a turkey? I don't know. Something came up with a turkey baster. I do remember that, though. I'm like, we, if y'all know and y'all remember, write it in the comments. I will go watch it on Netflix. I, I'm going to find the episode after this. And I'll write it in the comments my damn self. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, I got to figure that out. But that was crazy. Kind of like, what happened with um your boy Drake? I was just about to say that. You better put some hot sauce in the condom because 
So the girl went to grab the condom after they fucked and she, I guess, laid down and tried to put it inside of her, the rest of the sperm, but he had put hot sauce in it because hot sauce kills the sperm. So is that like a known thing or could he have put mustard like or I don't know why he I don't know why he knew that but again thank god he did because these women out here be trying to trap you and she I was caught you. in like sex ed but like I'm thinking like Drake has money why would he care he could just get a new toilet but like in my sex ed class we were taught like you're not supposed to flush condoms down the toilet but why don't people just do that because it's gonna fuck up your toilet but drake has enough money yeah you still don't want to fuck up his fifteen thousand dollar toilet we got like twenty dollar toilets he got probably a fifteen thousand dollar toilet now i definitely don't want to fuck that up not the boudet yeah <laughs> not the boudet off of a condom girl put some cheap ass little hot sauce po- packets in my condom you probably had this shit from the chinese store that <laughs> dead ass she was like, let me rip that, put that in there. She was a dummy. She was upset. I think she tried to sue over that. Like, yes. But my thing is, too, why hot sauce? Like, I have so many questions. Like, you can't just pour water in it and, like, shake it up. Them things is going to be swimming. Like, that sounds like them things going to be swimming. Hot sauce seems like it'll kill something. It's going to kill something. It's hot. You get some Lysol spray from all the right. shit that we got from the pandemic. Right. Bleach in there. I think that would kill it. Oh, thank God he didn't put bleach in there. She tried to pour that shit in her vagina. Oh, my God. Can you say bacterial infection? <laughs> gross. Gross, gross, gross. We have just went on a tangent, but oh my gosh. But bottom line is, we hope, we hope, we hope, we hope that Jameson don't get caught up. Please no. don't get caught up. Not one another Melanie and Derwin situation. Please, the game write it differently. Mar broccoli, write it differently. We don't want it because I don't think I could take another one. Yes. Overall, would you binge again? I would. I would binge again and I would watch another season. I was actually very impressed with this show. I loved the game growing up. So like seeing it like in a new form, it was still like that corny, funny, but like a little bit more black, a little bit more woke. Like I love that it went into all the details of like football and ownership. Like it didn't ignore the times of right now. And I love that. So I would definitely watch it again. And I'm waiting for season two. <laughs> what about you? I love that. I would, I'll be honest. During like the first half or a little bit over, I was like, come on, I'd rather just watch reruns of the game. But like you said, the topics that they did touch on like mental health and like drug abuse and ownership and I think like Black women doing the damn thing and like Britney being so young and like making her mark in Vegas, I was like, I'll watch just because I need to see how the rest of the storyline plays out because unfortunately it does leave on the end on a cliffhanger. Uh, but I know they did get greenlit for season two, which is amazing. Um, so I'm excited to see. I'm a longtime game fan, the game fan. Like I remember back in the day, you ever like run into people and be like, oh, I'm watching the game when I get home. And they'd be like, who's playing? I'm like, no. No, not that game. Yeah. <laughs> that matters right because I'm not a sports girl but I'm excited that it's back I definitely am not gonna like write it off my list completely but I 
uh, it's season one. It's a pilot season. I can't be too hard. I just can't wait to see what stories develop further. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Awesome. So excited we got to talk about it today. Definitely a great way to kick off like Women's History Month with these two dope boss women. But you know, we're always highlighting our Black queens. So definitely, and we can't wait to see you back on our typical schedule, which is every two weeks. So we will see you on March 14th for next episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks for watching, guys. Bye.